Today's, uh, today's message is entitled, I've entitled it, Thanksgiving, um, with, a, with a hyphen in between. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Because as believers, as children of God, we have the opportunity, we have the privilege, we have the honor to be able to give. Amen? We have the opportunity to be able to give. Um, I mentioned to you when I opened up this series two weeks ago, um, that we were going to, at today, uh, we're going to invite you to just sow into God's work. A one-time offering that is above and beyond whatever your tithe may be, whatever your offerings may be. And I want to tell you that it is any, any amount that you feel led to. For those of you that are new to us, um, this is, uh, money is not a topic that we talk about. But I truly believe as the, as the pastor of this church, I have an obligation to be able to share that because the Bible talks more about money than a lot of the principles that we cover uh, often and, and what we do with it. And I just want to invite you, there is no specific amount that we are, we are aiming for. This is not so much for the church, but this is for us as an individual. This is for us as an individual, as a family, to be able to sow and to see God work in our lives. Because the truth of the matter is that he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He is the provider, and he always takes care of us. And whatever we get to bring today, whatever that amount looks like for you, is because he has been good to you. Amen? He's been good to us, so we're just excited for that. Um, so it's more, like I said, it's more of us. It's more for us as, as families, as individuals, and it's embracing the biblical principle of sowing. All right. Are you ready for the word? All right. Let's jump in. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for this privilege to be here today. Thank you for your word that is alive. Thank you for your word that has the power to meet us and to find us right where we're at. We thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Our first verse today is found in 1 Timothy. It will be on the screen for you, um, and you can find it as well on the YouVersion app. This, this particular book is written to a pastor while the Apostle Paul takes time and he addresses different churches that we know, Philippi, Ephesus, uh, Thessalonica. This particular time he is addressing his spiritual son, who we know as Timothy, and, he is a, and Timothy is pastoring the church, and, and Paul is writing to him, and he tells him this in 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to, be, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, amen, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. And then two things will happen, and he lets us know what those two things are. He says, in this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. He's talking about our eternity in heaven. Because what we understand is that salvation is a free gift, that we can enjoy salvation by calling on the name of Jesus, and we can rest in the finished work of the cross. And the church said, amen, solely because of that. But however, the Bible is clear that it, when we get to heaven, there, are, there is a reward system um, where we will be rewarded for our works, for our deeds here on this earth. So this is what the Apostle Paul is referring to. This is what he's talking about 
when he talks about the coming age, that we're laying up treasures for the coming age. And then he lists the second part, and then he says this, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. That they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Because there is a difference between existing and breathing and living. There is a difference between existing and living. Those who embrace generosity, we find out through the scriptures, will take hold of the life that is truly life. That's where we tap into and where we really discover what life is all about. And why is it so important for us as believers to be able to give? And you're going to find out it is so much more than than finances. It is ourselves. It is our talents. And I'm going to cover that today. But why is it so important? Because the word believe that we are constantly urged or constantly challenged to do, let's just believe together, is mentioned 272 times in Scripture. Believe. The word pray, which is another big word, is mentioned 371 times in Scripture. The word love um, is mentioned 714 times in Scripture. But the word give, are you ready for it? is mentioned 2,161 times in Scripture. The word give. Why is that? Why is that? Because at the heart of it, it's what God is all about. It's what he's all about, that God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That is who our God is. And when we are on the receiving end of generosity, the fruit of it is that we become generous people. We automatically become that if it is in, if we understand what we have been given, if we, what we are recipients of, we automatically, we become generous people. Look what Psalms 37, 21 says, the wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Look what Proverbs eleven twenty five says, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. The motivation for me to share this today as the pastor of this church is that I want this for you. I want this for each of us today, for us to experience all that God has for us in its totality, to tap into what it means to truly live, to know what it's like to be refreshed within ourselves, to be able to feel that satisfaction, to be able to feel that refreshment and that revivement, that, that, that revival that only comes from Jesus. When we look at the Apostle Paul, he writes two letters to the church of Corinth. And, and what generosity comes down to is this. Generosity comes down to a matter of the heart. It is a matter of the heart. Paul planted churches all around in what is known today as modern-day Turkey. Um, he planted these beautiful churches. We understand Ephesus. We understand Philippi. Uh, the apostle, what that means is he was a church planter. He had a deep love for just going and being able to share Jesus. But yet we understand that he had a deep love for the mother church, which was in Jerusalem. And he had urged all the churches that he was writing to to pick up an offering for it. 
And, and when he does this, I want you to notice the language. He gets to the heart of the matter. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we're going to look at 12 verses, and I'm going to go verse by verse and kind of uh, and explain to you what is taking place. And he says, and now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. When we look at that word grace, it is from the Greek word cherish, which is a gift. It is just the internal ability to be able to have that grace giving. That grace gift that was inside, he's saying, the Macedonian church. Corinth was, and when he addresses Corinth, it's important for us to understand context and to be able to understand who he's writing to. Corinth was likely the most wealthiest church that Paul had had planted. And then he writes this, out of the most severe trial, watch the language, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Only God can do that. Only God can make you overflow in joy in extreme poverty. Only God can do that. And then he says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. I know what they were capable of, and they went beyond it. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the saints. So what's going on here is Paul didn't want to put any pressure on this church he, he understood the, their situation. He understood the condition. But they pleaded with Paul to be able to give and to be able to share what they could. So in other words, Paul was telling them, if anyone gets a pass on this, it's you. We understand. And Paul is just relating this information. He's sharing this information to the Corinthians. And then he says this, And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. And then to us in keeping with God's will. Can I tell you again that generosity is not just giving money. Generosity is a lifestyle. Generosity is a lifestyle. Generosity is giving hugs. It's giving a warm handshake. Generosity is giving encouragement when someone's going through a rough patch in life. Generosity is just sending a text and saying, hey, I'm thinking of you and I'm praying for you in this moment. Generosity is bringing Southern made donuts to work in the morning. Amen. Ain't that right? Generosity is giving of my time. It's giving of my passion. It's giving of my skills. It's giving of my abilities. It's doing whatever God has given me and putting it to work and doing it in an excellent way because he is an excellent God. It's about giving of ourselves. That's what he said. They gave of themselves. It it was okay that they didn't have the means to be able to pick up an offering. It's not about that. It's about what you can do. It's about being able to be available. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna give of myself. And this is what he says. So let's read on. So we urge Titus. Since he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this grace of act on your part. In other words, Titus was the one that would go and do the follow-up work with the churches. 
And he says, I'm going to send him so you can respond in whichever way you're going to respond to him. And look how Paul, watch what he does here. He stirs up just this internal holy competition in between the people. He says, but just as you excel in everything, he is telling the church in Corinth this, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving and this internal motivation. He, and then he says this, he says, I am not commanding you. You can't be forced to because it has to come from within. It has to come from within. And then he says this, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. And then he says, let me remind you of the one who had it all. Let me remind you of the one who had it all because he says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. He was born in a manger. He was born when there was no place in the end, but he did it out of love for you and I. For our sakes he became poor so that through his poverty might become rich. Can I tell you that this is not saying that God wants us to be rich? This is not what, and, and it can easily be taken out of context. What he is saying, what Paul, the Apostle Paul is highlighting here is that Jesus is the example, that God is the example, that he emptied himself of the wealth that he had, that he came down and he was born a, of a virgin so that we could live a life that was paid in full by him becoming poor. That's what it means. And here is my advice. This is what he says about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were first, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness, or again, your internal motivation to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. God is more interested in our attitude than any amount we could ever give. God is more interested in our attitude in giving than our amount that we could ever give. He is looking at our heart And he is looking at the inside of us. If our heart is right, then the offering, then our giving, then whatever we do is acceptable. So what I want to do today quickly is just share with you five things that stand out from this particular passage um, that, that characterize the most generous people on earth. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be known to be generous. I want to be generous in everything that we do. The first thing is this. We give joyfully. We give joyfully. Can I tell you there's joy in giving? There is joy in giving. I'll never forget having my first job. I was 18 years old, and I went to work for the state. I loved it so much that I dropped out of college before I even started because I didn't want to lose my job. I was making... 1998.07 a month. And man, I was living my best life. It's crazy to think now because the truth is that I, I, my job there was funded by a government grant. And the grant ran out, and I was eventually laid off in January. 
And my mom, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. My mom went to go register me for college because I didn't want to go. And she, I'll never forget, she showed up with the white schedule and said, here's your schedule, you start class tomorrow. Anyway, all that to say is, it's crazy now where I find myself in, in education where I didn't really want to go. Um, that's a story for another day. But all that to say is I was making a whole lot of money. So yeah, I was buying, um, I, I love to buy clothes at that point in my life. But I'll never forget, I bought my brother Jacob a few shirts, and I came home and I gave them to him. And to see the smile on his face, I don't remember a whole lot of things that I bought myself, but I remember that instance because to see the smile on his face when he opened those up gave me just an incredible satisfaction. It was not for me, it was for him, but yet I think I got more out of it. And I'm sure that you can relate. I'm sure that you have been in similar situations where we're able to give because we have the privilege to give. We're able to give joyfully. There is joy in giving. Have you ever given someone just something like that and you just made their day? Maybe you paid for someone's meal. Maybe you paid for someone's coffee that was behind you in the line and it just makes you smile. Like I mentioned, you're not even on the receiving end of it, but it just feels like you were the, one, you were the winner in that particular instance. And that's what giving does. The book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35 says this, it is more blessed. It is more blessed. That's the word makarios in the Greek, which means happy. It is more happy to give than when you receive. Second Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 7 says this, that each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Whatever you give of your time, of your energy, can you do it with a smile? Can you do it because you enjoy doing it? Can you do it because it's just, it comes natural to you? It is just a, that is what God is, is asking us to do, that whatever we give to him, that we would do it with the satisfaction of knowing that this is what we want to give. This is what we want to be able to provide. Proverbs 21 and 26 says this, some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. The godly love to give. There was an article, I, I mentioned a bit of this at the Dream Team huddle this morning. There was an article that came out in the Wall Street Journal that, that says that is called Hardwired Forgiving, and, and where the, these researchers started trying to make sense of why is it that people like to give? Because when you look at Darwin's theory of evolution, it's survival of the fittest, and it is taking care of number one. So why is it that people, why is it that humans love to give? So they just began doing research and compiling different articles and compiling different uh, um, just stories that, that they were able to provide. They they got doctors involved. They got psychologists involved. And then they were able to pinpoint it together that, that when people give, there is a chemical in the brain that just releases a, a, a sense of pleasure when you're able to give something uh, the, the, to someone else, whether you are providing uh, just uh, financial means, whether you are helping someone, whatever that is, there is just something. And they couldn't make sense of it. How is it that humans get pleasure out? out of giving. Well, it is because God made us, and it is because he is a giving God, and because he created us, he created us to give because he is a giving God. 
that we would be like him. That we would be able to share, that we would be able to share the love of God with everyone around us. That's what giving is about, that, that you're able to, to join a, in a conversation when you hear that somebody is going through a difficult time and you're able to say, you know what? Can I just pray with you? Can I be here with you? Can I just encourage you? Can I let you know the same God that helped me can help you? That's what I'm talking about, that we would be the most giving people on the earth here at Impact City Church. That we love God, that we love people, and that we're going to give of ourselves in just an incredible way. The second thing is this, that we give selflessly, not selfishly, selflessly. It's, part, it's a part of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5 says this, And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then in keeping up, with God's will. They gave of themselves. They gave of themselves. And it is my prayer today that we get to the point, if we're not there yet, because some of us may be there, that we just genuinely, wholeheartedly enjoy generosity. Because it's who God created us to be. It's how we're wired. When God was generous, he didn't give us a check. He gave us himself. I said it once, I'll say it one more time, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what he gave. He gave of himself, his only son. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says this, thanks be to God for his, his indescribable gift that he gave his son that we are here today because of him. That we are here today because of him. But can I go a little bit further and say that we are here because someone gave of themselves to us. We're here because someone stopped and said, hey, there's this man named Jesus and he loves you just the way you are. We're here because someone started a church. We're here because someone started a Bible study. We're here because someone found us in our lowest state and they gave of themselves and they saw potential in us when we didn't see potential in ourselves. We are here because someone gave of themselves to us. Praise God for that. So I want us to live in such a way that we would give, that we would have a lasting effect on this world, not for our glory, but for God's glory, that we would vacate hell and that we would populate heaven. That we would be able to share his love, that we would be able to give of ourselves. It doesn't mean that you have to rearrange your schedule, but we have to, but we can take advantages of the opportunity, take advantage of the opportunities that, that we have in front of us at work, at school, at the coffee shop, at the restaurant, that we would just give of ourselves. And just while we are there enjoying whatever time we have, that we would say, you know what? There is a God that loves you and cares for you, and he can restore your broken marriage, and he can restore story that we would give of ourselves. The third thing is give willingly. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. We are called to give willingly. 
The only reason I'm giving, the only reason we give should be because we want to give. Sometimes that may not always be the case. But can, can it be something that we just want to do? That out of our hearts, that out of just the gratefulness that we have experienced, that we have encountered, that we would give. There's always a question that, that is asked, you know, when you look at the Old Testament, and there were things that were written in the law that, people, that the people had to do to be able to, to fulfill what was being asked of them. There were things in the law that they had to do. It was not so much out of that they wanted to, it's that they had to. Jesus changed that. And we see that in the New Testament church. Jesus has come, and we understand that he didn't come to abolish the law. He didn't come to set it aside, but to change the the motivation from an external obligation to an internal delight. That I don't got to do this, that I get to do this. I don't got to go to church Sunday morning. I get to go to church Sunday morning. That we, would, that we would say, I don't got to serve on the dream team. I get to serve on the dream team. I get to lead a Bible study. I get to lead a small group. I get to, to do what I do because it is an, in, an internal delight that I am here solely because I'm grateful and I want to give out of what I have been given. Matthew 5.17 says this, when, when you look at what Jesus said, he said, Do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. No, I have, come, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. There's, there's things that we understand that, that God did not set aside fully. And can I tell you that when we look at it, that it is out of, that we have moved from, from the duty, from the responsibility to the delight. I'm so grateful that I get to come to church on Sunday morning. I'm so grateful that I get to worship with you. I'm privileged to be a part of it. It's, it goes back to that Greek word cherish, that it's a grace-giving thing, that it is just part of our lives. The fourth thing is this, is that we give thankfully. That we give thankfully. I think this is the single most important motivation because anytime you give of your time, of your energy, anytime you tithe, anytime you give an offering, that, that we would do it with a thankful heart. The fact that we are saved is enough. But the fact that we, give, we get to give of ourselves is truly a privilege. Psalms 116 and 12 says this, How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? Can I answer that question? We could never repay him. We could never repay him. We could never repay him. First Chronicles 29, 14. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. It's all his. It's all his. It's all his. We could never repay him, and it's all his. I'm reminded of the people of Israel in the Old Testament. We understand that the ten plagues, that the tenth was 
where the angel of death would come and take the firstborn. And we understand that God had told Moses, Moses, tell the people that you can take a lamb. And when you take that lamb, you smear that, that, that blood's, the lamb's blood on, on the doorpost. And when the angel of death that is passing by and terrorizing, that, that they would see that blood, that they would just keep on passing. I'm grateful for the blood this morning. But, but the story goes on that as, as your children grow up, and when you celebrate the Passover, and when you just stop and you take that moment and you just sacrifice that lamb, and when they ask, Dad, well, what, what is it all this about? And that, that Dad, I could imagine, maybe would take off his shirt and would show the times that he was beaten and that he was a slave in Egypt. And he said, let me tell you what this is all about, that, that I was captive in one time of my life, that I was held hostage, that I was held in bondage, that I couldn't do what I wanted, but can I tell you that God made a way? And that I came out of that, and, and let me tell you about that, that day when we got to celebrate the Passover, and let me tell you how we're here today. We're here today because of the faithfulness of God, and we're here because of His goodness, and it's not because of anything that I did, but it's all because of Him that I would be able to tell the people, you know what? I, all I know is that once I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see that I, that I was on my way to hell, but He stepped into my life and he came in when nobody could help me and he stepped in and he said I'll pick you up and I'll turn your life around all I know is that I can't ever repay what he's done for me it's all his Everything comes from him. And I'm only able to give today whatever I have of my time. I'm only, the breath in my lungs is his. The talents, the, guilt, the, the, the skills, the gifts, it's all his. I'm only able to give it because he's given it to me. Whatever it is today, Impact City Church, I tell you. Whatever it is, your talent, your gift, we can only give it back because he gave it to us in the first place. Because of him. The last thing I'm drawing to a close. We give in, that we would give intentionally. That we would give intentionally all throughout the Bible. We see this theme. That we never... Let's never do it out of emotion, but to be purposeful. 2 Corinthians 9-7 says this in the New Living Translation. It says, you must make up your own mind as to how much you should give. But he does tell us this, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. The Bible gives us a filter that we're able to gauge our giving, that we are to be generous. But can I remind us this morning to, to be generous with a filter of eternity, with a filter of eternity, knowing that we are sowing into a cause that outlasts 
this world. That what we're giving of ourselves, of our resources, of, of everything that God has given, that we are giving to a cause that outlasts this world. First Timothy 6.19 says this, by doing this, you will be storing up real treasure for yourself in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. This is the only safe investment for eternity. So I end with this. We don't give to get. We don't give to get. We give because we're thankful. We give because we're thankful. I could never repay what he's done for me. You could never repay what he's done for you. We don't give to get. But what I can tell you is that there is a promise for you that you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says this, Remember this, that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You cannot outgive God. And what we do know is that God supplies the seed to the sower. So today as we prepare to give, that it would not be out of obligation, but out of the grace that he has covered us with. That as we prepare to give, that we are going to sow today, that we are going to give to a cause that is greater than any of us together. Whatever that is for you, that we would just say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to sow generously. I'm going to sow whatever it is that God is giving, leading you to, Whatever this may look like. But I can tell you, you will not outgive our God. So, Father, today we thank you. Father, today we thank you for your goodness and your grace over our lives. I thank you that you are the source. I thank you that all that I have is yours. I thank you that I wouldn't even be able to stand here today without the strength in my body that you have provided me with. I thank you that I wouldn't be able to lift my hands had you not made a way. I thank you that there's breath in my lungs, and because of that, I can praise you today. I thank you that you've made a way for us to be here today through all of life's troubles and trials through the chaos, through the crisis, through the problems. You've helped us get to this point. And we just say, thank you. Thank you because my life didn't end when it could have ended. Thank you because I didn't go down when it could have gone down. Thank you that you have covered us with your grace, with your power, with your love, with your mercy. 
Lord, I, I stand here and say that your mercy endures forever. I stand here and say that you are good. And I thank you because you have made a way. I thank you that you have provided a path. I thank you, God, that you've opened doors that no man can open. I thank you that you've closed doors that no man can close. I thank you today that you hold our lives in your hands. And that if you take care of the birds of the, the sky, you can take care of us. So today we just stop and we say thank you. With a grateful heart, we say thank you. Lord, that we would live our lives in such a way that reflects the generosity of your heart. That we would give of ourselves, that we would give joyfully, that we would give selflessly, that we would give thankfully. That we would just be able to give intentionally today. That we would know, God, that you are at work. God, I thank you today for the seed that is going to be sown. I thank you for the provision that is going to be opened up. I thank you, God, that you are faithful. I thank you that you will make a way. I thank you that you will do an incredible work. In Jesus' name, with every eye closed and every head bowed. Maybe today you find yourself in between a rock and a hard place. And you find yourself saying, I, I want to tap into this. I want to experience all that God has for me. I want to embrace a life that is truly life. But maybe you find yourself carrying your shame and carrying your guilt, harboring unforgiveness in your heart and resentment in your spirit. Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. He says, I stand at the door. I knock. He said, if anyone would hear my voice and open the door, it's my responsibility. It's your responsibility to open the door and let him in. So that's the first step to being a generous person. You can't take that step without making him Lord of your life. So I invite you today, if that is you in this place, and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never said yes to Jesus with every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you're at and say, today's the day that I just say yes to Jesus. We're going to pray for you right where you're at. We're going to pray for you right where you're at. That If that is you today, God sees you right now. Amen. Amen. God sees you right now. I want to invite everyone at the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. For loving me despite my past. For Jesus, come into my life. I hope in my heart. Be the Lord of my life. And let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together and give God praise for everyone that accepted him today? I'm going to invite you to stand. I 
I want to invite our prayer partners to come up this morning. As we enter a moment of worship, and we thank God for what He has done in our lives and for what He is doing, we understand that some of us in this place may be going through something difficult. We understand that your heart may be heavy. We understand that there may be a burden on your shoulders that is too heavy for you to bear on your own. Can I tell you that bring it to Jesus this morning. We tell you every Sunday that we don't want you to pray for what you're praying for by yourself. And we don't want you to go through what you're going through by yourself. That we are here to come into agreement with you. To stand in the gap and to say we're here for you and with you. And we're going to believe God very best over your life with you here today. So as we enter this moment, I would invite you that you would take advantage of this opportunity. You may be going through something on a small scale or something on a larger scale or somewhere in between, but can I tell you that we serve a God that can do it all. He can do it all. He knows no impossibility. He knows no difficulty. He can work through your mess. He can work through your trial. He can work through your heartache. He can do it today. So, Father, again, we come before you and we thank you for being a God that knows no impossibility. I thank you right now that you are still a miracle worker. I thank you right now that you're still a healer. I thank you right now that you are still a deliverer. I thank you right now that you are still a restorer. I thank you, God, that there is nothing in my life that you cannot work through. God, right now we bring to you our worries, our frustration, our stress, our anxiety. We bring to you our problems, our challenges, our sickness, our affliction. We bring it all to you and we lay it at the feet, at the foot of the cross. We lay it at the foot of the cross. We make this intentional choice to say, we give it to you, Jesus. We surrender it to you and we believe, God, right now that you will do an incredible work in Jesus' name. Can we worship him together?